She's getting ready to come up here. My wife is very talented. Amen. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> Thought we could get some claps on that. My wife is very talented and blessed and gifted. And at this time, she's, she writes, if you didn't know that, she has a gift for writing that God has given her. So she's going to open us up with a poem that she wrote, and then we'll get into worship this morning. Here you go, lovely wife. Twas the night of the first Christmas. Twas the night of the first Christmas, and all through the town, Joseph searched for some lodging but none could be found. A stable was all Joseph could manage to find, but Mary was weary, so she didn't mind. She knew the time was drawing very near. Soon her miracle baby would be arriving here. Angels in heaven stood alert with anticipation. The long-told pro pro prophecy was becoming a realization. God smiled as he watched the angels wait for his call to go down to earth and spread the good news to all. God felt this moment was rather bittersweet, for he knew what was going to happen to those tiny hands and feet. He knew the pain his son was going to endure, even though he would always be spotless and pure. God knew it was required, this birth of his son. There was no other way. He was the only one. God wanted mankind to walk with him in heaven, but for them to get there, they had to be forgiven. Their sins were too much to allow inside his gates. That's why God had planned for this very date. As Mary gave birth to a precious baby boy, suddenly the angels erupted in joy. God gave the go-ahead to the shepherds the angels flew. He set a bright star above, as he had said he would do. Mary held Jesus, and her eyes filled with tears. She pondered what would happen to him in the coming years. The angels filled the sky, the shepherds came to see. Every animal lay in wonder, all were bowed down on their knees. This was the night the world had waited for. This was the night God opened heaven's door. Because of this baby, born that first Christmas night, all are able to enter in and live eternally in God's light. God watched it all from above, a soft smile on his face. Thank you, my son, for going to save the human race. The scene below was a beautiful and glorious sight, and God softly whispered, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night. Let's stand and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, as we ponder on that first Christmas, God, I can only imagine the emotions for Mary, for Joseph, and for you, Heavenly Father, to know what was to come of Jesus. But God, you still did it because you loved us that much. And Lord, because of that, even those that are no longer with us, if they knew you, God, we get to see them again. And it's that hope, God, that we have this Christmas that keeps us going day after day. So Lord, tonight or today as we're gathered here on Christmas Eve, God, as we think about Mary and Joseph entering Bethlehem and Jesus about to be born, just I pray, God, we can all reflect on that. 
open our hearts and allow you to move within us, God. Holy Spirit, come down, move in this building from the youngest to the oldest. And Lord, just have your way today, God, as we worship you and we offer all we have to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Go tell it on the mountain, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. Go tell it on the mountains, over the hills and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born.
God, we thank you for this day and this time that we get to spend in your presence and just celebrating your birth. God, I pray that everyone keeps that in mind as they celebrate with their families and that we can use this time together to continue to spread your word and the truth of the salvation that we can find in you. God, I pray that you just continue to be in this service and touch hearts and move how you want to move. I just thank you for this church and the time that we get to spend together in your presence. Amen. Well, again, good morning. Happy Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas Eve to you today. Um, enjoyed our worship, a little more intimate setting of Christmas carols this morning. Um, hopefully, throughout the hustle and bustle of this season, you are taking time to remember what it's all about, who it's all about. And it's not about the commercialized things and even what I did last night, driving around Southern Illinois looking for Christmas lights. It's not about that. It's about Jesus and what he has done for us by being born tomorrow as we celebrate and recognize that tomorrow. I think I'm about to lose my voice, but I'm going to preach anyway. So I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're clapping because I'm going to lose my voice or that I'm going to preach anyway. If Brylin was in here, I know which one she would say, uh, but I don't think she's in here. I think she's helping in the back. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. title this morning is darkness will not win we say that with me on the count of three one two three darkness will not win amen that is a message for every day of the year not just at christmas time but we need to understand and let people know that darkness will not win it will not win never has never will Luke chapter 2, we're going to read verses 1 through 20. If you'll stand for the reading of the word. Also, I want to thank you guys for entrusting Sarah and I for another year at Orchardville Church. If you hadn't heard that, we were voted back. So it's a blessing and an honor to get to pastor you guys and be a part of this church family. Uh, if you were one of the four that voted no, sorry. And I love you still. <laughs> All right, Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be, reg should be registered. This census took, first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up to Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, 
cloths lying in a manger, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for the opportunity to be here. And Lord, we celebrate Jesus. Today, tomorrow, every day, we celebrate, God, you sending your son Jesus to die for us, to save us from our sins, to restore a relationship with you, God. And Lord, I thank you for that this morning. And Lord, if there's a heart in here that does not know you, does not know Jesus as their Savior, Lord, I pray before they leave here, they would make you the Lord of their life. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We pray too that my voice doesn't get lost because I'd like to get the, through this. <coughs> Woo! Now, as we read the, that story, the Christmas story, most people um, love the Christmas story. Um, our homes, a lot of us are decorated with beautiful pictures of manger scenes. We put up lights, we put up our trees. Uh, we have the happy looking shepherds looking peacefully over the baby Jesus with smiling Mary and Joseph. Standing nearby in the warmth of a few innocent looking animals as well, right? We all know the picture. We all know the scene, but That's not really what was going on And some of you say don't ruin it. Don't ruin it for it's not That this what we paint in our minds and what we see commercialized and, and all the stuff we see in our yards is hardly the real picture of that first Christmas Here are some of the real conditions that were going on that day and tell me if you see anything similar to now. Big government making huge new taxes. This was the reason for Joseph and Mary having to travel to Bethlehem in the first place to register for the new round of taxes coming. Divorce rates were high. There was pressure for Joseph to have Mary get an abortion. So, or he had to decide, do I want to leave her since we're not even married and she's pregnant? This is the kind of stuff going on. The middle class was losing buying power. Debt was a serious problem for the average homeowner. Crime rates were high. Jails were full. Tensions in the Middle East kept the world on edge. Most people had lost hope and faith in God. To most, religion was nothing more than a waste of time. Worship services were mechanical and without much meaning. No one had confidence in their political leaders. Some things never change. We're still dealing with a lot of these things today. It's in this climate, this culture, this what's going on right here in the word, this time in history that God declares at this time, is, it's time to make this major announcement. To you this day is born a savior. Wow. In the middle of all that, God decides to you this day 
is born a savior. And if we fail to see God's plan to save us today through baby Jesus, we fail to understand what Christmas is all about. This was actually a dark time in those first seven verses. It's actually a big mess. And you, and you may say, I, what are you talking about? It, this is a big mess. Everything that could go wrong was going wrong. Okay? Mary wasn't married, but she was pregnant. That's a problem for people, right? And even though she was nine months pregnant, they're going to have to travel. And this was dangerous that far into her pregnancy. Not good. Though already extremely poor, they would have to register for new taxes. Not good. It's a mess. There was no room at any inn for them. Here she is. <laughs> Waddling, hurting, ready to deliver baby Jesus, and there's no room anywhere for her. That's a problem. No one believed the story of Mary being a virgin since she's nine months pregnant. Yeah, right, lady. All of this is a big mess. And it's not this serene, pretty picture of a happy couple in the warm glow of a manger scene like we portray it all around the world in these Christmas plays and skits and nativity scenes. It wasn't really like that. And some of you are like, you're ruining Christmas. No, I'm being truthful about the mess that it was. But God. And then you look at verse 8, and you wonder... As God's sending an angel to the shepherds, is he making a mistake? You say, Rick, stop. God doesn't make mistakes. God turned to the shepherds to be the first to know. And if you know the shepherds of that time, that, that's kind of a head scratcher. They were despised. They were a despised class of workers in Israel at this time. But God chose them. They were considered so unreliable that they were not allowed to testify in a court of law even if they were eyewitnesses to a crime. That God would choose these shepherds to testify for him when the nation of Israel wouldn't let them testify about anything is a very ironic twist right here. That he chooses them. Why would God pick such poor, unreliable men to announce such a great event? Shepherds were not thought of fondly as we think of them today. And they were hardly the right choice for such an important mission by human standards of that day. But God is going to change the world by using an unmarried pregnant woman that claims to still be a virgin. And now by using men so despised that they cannot even testify in a court of law even if they are eyewitnesses to a crime. <sighs> but we know that this dark time, this mess right here that we're talking about, the, the, the realism of what was actually happening, this dark time is going to meet a bright light. And that light is Jesus. God's message in verses 9 through 16, an angel appears and the shepherds were scared to death. Now, would you be that way? <laughs> yeah. We probably would if an angel appeared before us. Why? Wouldn't it be wonderful to be, let's go, is it Michael Landon, touched by an angel? 
right? Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> but back then, if an angel appeared, they were bringing some thunder with them sometimes. They were delivering some news that sometimes maybe you didn't want to hear. So they reacted to seeing an angel by what they had always believed, that this was only bad news coming their way. But God corrects their understanding. The very first thing he corrects them, and God would still like to do this with people today in the world that are, that are fearful of God or, or make God out to be somebody he's not. He would like to correct them and help them with an understanding of who he wants to be in their life. The world's terrified at the idea of God, but this is good news for the world, not bad. And the heavenly host that pops up in here too was not what we normally think it to be. It was not a choir. How many thought this is a choir? Okay, don't be honest. The term heavenly host literally translates angel army. Angel army was announcing this to them. An army announcing peace on earth. But that's an interesting twist too because we're not talking about world peace here. We're talking about man finding peace within himself because Jesus was born to take away people's sins and for them to find forgiveness through him. That's the peace we're talking about. People cannot be at peace with each other until they are at peace with God. Part of our problem in society. And you can't be at peace with God until you have a relationship with his son Jesus. These were not choir angels. They were warriors. Angel army. The news was good news, however. God had taken the extreme effort to save man rather than let us destroy ourselves over time. So his son is sent to be the sacrificial lamb. And again, this is ironic too. These shepherds watched the flocks between Jerusalem and Bethlehem about a two-mile area. Because Bethlehem was only about five or six miles from Jerusalem. All the flocks of these lambs that they were watching in this area were sheep for slaughter at the temple in Jerusalem for the sins of the people. And it's interesting that God chose shepherds who watched over the flocks destined for slaughter to come and see the great Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. And soon the roles would be reversed. The shepherds would come and not only find the Lamb of God but also the great shepherd in Jesus. So when this happens, verses 17 through 20, they have a mission now. We have a mission, Orchardville Church. We have the same mission that the shepherds had. The, the shepherds whom man would not allow to testify to anything are now commissioned by God to testify about God's great news in his son Jesus. It was the shepherds who were asked to be the first to preach the good news the word gospel means good news. It's the gospel of Jesus. Pastors who preach the gospel are called shepherds today. Those who were least trusted by man are most trusted by God. You know God will sometimes pick ordinary people to do extra extraordinary things. People that we may discount. People that we may say, oh, nothing's ever going to come good from them. God says differently. So don't be so quick to judge people and say they're never going to get it figured out because God can use anyone. He chooses to use. And he uses the shepherds here. Think of the privilege that these men got to experience. The lowest of the low. They're now given the greatest privilege of all to go and tell people the good news of Jesus. That they can be saved. The wealthy magi don't come for almost two years 
It was the poor and rejected that got in first on God's great news, fulfilling the promises of the Old Testament that the poor would be first. It's no wonder that these shepherds went about proclaiming this great news that it states, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. Why were they amazed by it? They were amazed that God would choose shepherds for this job when everyone else would have rejected those same shepherds. God's still looking for those who are not afraid to speak the good news of his coming, for those who are not afraid to tell what Christmas is really all about. Not just the gifts, it's not just about the lights, it's not about the peaceful scenes, but the message of salvation that was found in baby Jesus being born. God's still looking for those that will share the gospel message. And if we miss the message of Christmas, we miss the meaning of Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. And my question this morning to to some of you that may be in here, do you know him as your savior? Because he came for you. And the only gift that you can give him that he does not have right now, if you don't know him, is your heart. You can give him your heart this morning. A lot of us in here are believers in Jesus. We understand what this Christmas message is about. But there may be some in here that don't know. But God just wants your heart. That's it. If you'll surrender your heart to him, believe on him, you will be saved. You'll be saved. You'll be forgiven. You'll be changed. He came for you. Both the Magi and the shepherds, they came and bowed down and worshiped Jesus. And I, and I pray that you are as wise as the wise men, that you came today to worship Christ. You came to bow down and praise him and worship him. And be as simple as the shepherds who came and believed. Jesus did come to save the lost, And if you don't know him, I encourage you to get in on the best thing that's ever happened to mankind. Be a part of it. When you do that, darkness will not win in your life. If you will surrender your heart, surrender your life to Jesus, darkness will not win. Some of you say this morning, and I've said it several times, and we see it. I don't watch the news a lot. I probably... I guess should, to be more aware of current events. But the reason I don't watch it is because I already know the world's messed up. I already know the doom and gloom that's going on in the world. I understand it. I see it. And and a lot of times I don't want to watch it so much because I don't want it to drag me down because I know the answer. And we need to share the answer with people. This world is so messed up right now And I know this, but darkness will not win in the end. We know that as believers, darkness will not win. But but, but Rick, my family isn't serving the Lord and we're a mess. I know, but darkness will not win. As you continue to pray for your family, darkness will not win. This addiction has a hold of me and it's taken me under. And I hear you this morning. I do, but, but by the power of Jesus, darkness will not win in your life. Those chains can be broken today. (laughs) 
My marriage is falling apart. And I want to tell you this morning that God sees you. He knows, but darkness does not have to win. You mean marriages fall apart in the church house? Christian marriages struggle too. The difference is as long as you keep God in the middle of it, you will survive the problems that come your way. When you push him outside of the marriage, outside of the center of your marriage, things happen that shouldn't happen and divorce happens and God never intended that for, ha- for those things to happen in your life. When you take your focus off of who he is and who he wants to be in your marriage, then the problems come. But darkness doesn't have to win. God can restore. You know vows? I don't know why I'm stuck on this. <laughs> vows are supposed to mean something. Right? We don't quit when time gets tough. When times get tough, we, we keep going. In life, in relationships, in marriage, with our kids, we don't let darkness win. Because we have Jesus, the light of him. I'm in a funk with my walk with the Lord and he, and he seems distant and my fire has gone out. I hear you, but our God is a consuming fire. As you surrender your heart to him, he is a consuming fire. If your fire is out, it's not God's fault. How do fires go out? Firefighters, what do you guys do? You put them out, right? How does your fire for the Lord go out? You put it out. We do. It is not God's fault when our fire goes out. Or if a fire will go out if it no longer has fuel to burn. Now, if you will come back to your first love, if you will read his word, if you'll talk with him, your passion and fire will be reignited and darkness will not win. So if your fire for the Lord is out right now, it's kind of dim, feed it. Get back to your first love. Surrender your heart to him again. Understand that the devil is trying to throw water on the fire of Jesus in your life. Recognize what he's trying to do in taking you out. Don't let the darkness win. Some of you thought I was going to just preach a nice little sweet Christmas Eve sermon. Don't let the darkness win. Isaiah 14, 27 says, All forces of darkness cannot stop what God has ordained. I'm going to read that again so you can grab a hold of it. Isaiah 14, 27. All forces of darkness cannot stop what God has ordained. God built this house. Amen? Amen. If God's in it, and he is, the devil can't stop it. The devil cannot stop what God wants to do through Orchardville Church. We get in the way sometimes. God built it. He's in it. He'll sustain us. Darkness cannot win. But Rick, 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 slow down. Calm down. Orchardville Church has taken some hits. You know, will she ever bounce back? Even when man tried to disrupt or block what God wanted to do, God still made a way and his word never returns void. There is freedom in this house. There will always be freedom in this house. And if we will continue to let the Lord build this house, it will last long after we're gone. 
It'll last for my kids and my grandkids and their kids because we let the Lord build the house and we don't get in the way of what he wants to do. If you guys will stand this morning. Darkness will not win. Jesus came to dispel the darkness, to shine a light that pushes away all darkness. This morning, I want you to make room in your heart. Make room in your heart, make room in your mind. Give him the worship, give him the praise that he deserves. And if you're a Christian already this morning, seek more of him this Christmas. If you're not, I'm going to encourage you to come this morning while we worship and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. You guys have heard me say this. When that, when that happens, I don't want you to get this false belief that everything in your life is going to be perfect. You're still going to have struggles. You're still going to have trials. The Bible tells us that. But you're going to have a hope that's a lot different than what you have right now. Right now, if you don't know the Lord, you're just walking around aimlessly and, and you're wondering what your purpose is and you're wondering why, why, why all this. What, what is going on in my life? It's not really... It's not amounting to much. But when you surrender your life to Jesus, you're a child of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Your life is changed forever. And if you will allow him, the sanctification process inside of you, things will begin to change. Your want-tos will change. You guys have heard that? And you'll start living your life with purpose because God has great plans for you. And you'll be able to face anything that comes your way with God on your side and Jesus living in your heart. So this morning as we worship and we sing, maybe your fire's gone out. You need to feed that fire again and worship the Lord and recognize him and behold him for who he is today. If you don't know the Lord, I encourage you. I know it's Christmas Eve. I know you may be here because your family dragged you here. But you're here for a reason. And you can either accept what Jesus has for you or you can reject it this morning. But I want to offer him to you. Bow your heads. Father, we just thank you today. Father, I pray right now that we just push aside all the commercialism. Father, everything that is not what you had in mind for this season. God, I pray right now that we recognize and we are in awe of what took place. Father, we thank you for Mary's yes. We thank you for Joseph's yes. We thank you for Jesus' yes. That he said, your will be done. 
And Father, I thank you for every person in here that has said yes to your son, Jesus. And they know right now, Father, that they have a hope that goes beyond these earthly uh, vessels, Father, that goes to eternity with you. Father, if there's somebody in here that's lost their fire, lost their passion for you, I pray, Father, that they return to that first love in you. That that's, it's reignited, Father, that they talk with you, they repent, they come back to you. Because as we do that, Father, your arms are open wide to us, Father. And Lord, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know you, Father, they haven't communicated with you, they haven't prayed, they haven't believed on you and accepted you into their life, that they would do that this morning. Father, nothing would make this Christmas better than to see people come to you. So I pray for that right now, God, as we worship and we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
give a warning, I guess, or a plea for some of you in here that are dabbling in darkness. Don't mess around with what the enemy is trying to do to you. If you're living your life without Christ right now, it's a dangerous place to be. It's a dangerous place to be. And you need to stop running. Stop running from the call that God is putting on your life. Stop running from the salvation that he is offering you through Jesus. Because we are not guaranteed another day. We're not guaranteed that. And sometimes you need to swallow your pride and admit that you need help. And we have a Savior who wants to give that to you. You don't have to be trapped within your own mind. You don't have to be trapped in the addictions. You don't have to be trapped in the emotional hurt and the scars that you may have in your life. God restores and God sets free. And there's freedom in this house and there's freedom in Jesus. So please stop running from him. Please stop running from him. And for those that have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, we know what the scripture says. Lukewarm makes God sick. So be on fire for the Lord. Rekindle the fire that may have went out and understand God's purpose for your life. Understand that he has people for you to reach with this gospel, this good news. Submit to everything that he has for you. Father, we just praise you again for who you are. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that draws, that protects, that heals, that ministers. And God, we pray right now for every single person in here, every family that's represented in here, Father, that this Christmas we take time, we take time to remember your birth. Father, the new life that is available to us through your son, Jesus. Lord, I'm thankful that I'm forgiven of my mistakes. I'm forgiven of my sin. I'm, I'm forgiven of everything in my life, Father, that does not measure up to your standards. God, we all fall short of that, but I'm thankful for your grace and your mercy today. And let us all remember that as we celebrate Christmas tomorrow with our families. Let's take time to thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to us. And we just praise you and we thank you. This Christmas season, Father. And we love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.